Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and with me today is my sister, Anne. Hi, Anne. Bridget. How are you? You know, it's been a night. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I'm good. I am curled up next to my dog, and all is right in the world. Nice. Yes. I was just telling Anne off camera, you guys, that my child has hand, foot, and mouth disease. I didn't even know that was a thing. Apparently, it's a thing kids can get. Apparently, it's very contagious, but not deadly, and it's just, you can't do anything for it. You just, like, wait it out. So, we will be at home for the next seven to ten days, talking to no one, going insane. So, welcome to The Bridget Show. It's about to get crazy in here. I was really excited. Okay, so I want to say a special shout out to Kelly from the Boobies and Newbies podcast for introducing us to Liz Crow, the author of What Happens in Denver, um, and hooking us up with some ARCs for it so we could talk about it. Um, one reason I was like, oh, this could be fun for me and Anne is my sister worked at Revolution Brewing in Chicago for five years, four years, five, five years, from like literally the day they opened, um, and for five years, and... I just felt like this would be like a fun book because she now lives in Denver and I was like, how fun. And it's all about like craft brewing and a restaurant. And so I was like, oh, this could be fun. It turns out that the book is not necessarily about Denver, <laughs> but it is about craft brewing. So Anne's going to give us the lowdown about whether these things are realistic or not. And maybe hopefully some funny stories from her own time. And then also I'm sure she'll tell me a few funny stories about me going to visit her at the brewery nice to go all the time so it should be a pretty fun episode you guys and probably we won't get through our normal things in coherent order or coherent fashion today i think we're just gonna i think we're just gonna while out and just you know play fast and loose what do you think Jim? sounds like a great plan bridget all right you heard it here guys it's a great plan let's get this shit popping romance at a glance uh-huh romance at a glance what you say now? romance at a glance go ahead girl <laughs> Okay, everyone, I did tell you the title. It's What Happens in Denver by Liz Crow, new-to-me author. Um, it is a standalone. It is definitely a rom-com, or, like, rom-com vibes. Um, Super modern. Com- contemporary. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the cover? I personally thought it fit. Animated, illustrated, very bright, some beer cups on it. I was like, okay, I see what we're in for. Yeah, I mean, definitely very contemporary genre vibes. And that it's centered us around drinking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of drinks on the cover. There's a lot of drinks. There was a lot of drinking in this book. A lot of drinking. A lot of drinking in this book. I'm going to give you guys a quick synopsis before we dive in. And do you know- trigger warning. Oh, yeah, we definitely should do a trigger warning. That's a great point. Um, there is a lot of talk of eating disorders in this book. One of the main characters, um, not the main MC, but one of the like main side characters has anorexia and goes into rehab for an eating disorder. Also trigger warning if you have a problem with alcohol because they drink constantly. And we will probably tell some stories about drinking while we're talking about this. Um, also cheating because um, she gets cheated on by her ex-husband before um, she meets the, the new guy. Anything else? Nice trifecta. Nice trifecta. Um, okay, so the story centers around Andy, and Andy owns a famous bar in Tennessee, I think. 
And she and her husband started it together, but she like does everything. I mean, she's the one who runs the bar. She hires everyone. She does everything. And then her husband starts cheating on her with one of the people who works at the bar, which is super sketchy. Obviously, if you're going to cheat on someone, don't because that's a terrible idea. But also don't do it with one of her employees. That's super rude. And um, and he basically like legally does like some shady dealings and gets her out of all of her shares and her ownership of the bar through some shady shit and then divorces her. So she's kind of at a low point and her mom and best friend send her to Denver to this beer convention to like basically get her out of her slum, but really to be like, yo, you have the chops, go out there, give people your resume and get a job. And she in fact does get a job and meets a very, very handsome uh, bearded brewer. And that's sort of where the story jumps off. And she meets a best, a new best friend who she ends up working for for a short time. Name Sloan. I, I have so many things that I want to talk about. But the first thing I think I want to talk about is because it's at the very beginning of the book is what are your thoughts about the fact that she is married to someone else at the beginning of the book versus starting the book already past that, like starting the book and then maybe flashing back and kind of talking about it quickly. But like we're in her like, oh, she's married and he's cheating on her. And we know all these things are happening for like I would like a couple chapters at the beginning. What are your thoughts about that? I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I so I think in general, I had a problem with this entire book being in first person. So mm. she is the narrator of the entire mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore it feels as if everything has already happened. And now she's telling me the story of everything mm-hmm. that's already happened. And it made it reading it really hard and really slow for me. I found myself being like, I would not have, fin- I, I mean, I don't know if I, <laughs> I may have finished this book in the sense of like, Sped right to the end. Yes. Skip this chapter. What's happening? Don't care about this. What's happening? Don't care about this. Don't care. You know, like, so, so I, I found that really hard. I also found it, I think I found it a little unrealistic. I have worked in, you know, like you said, I worked at a, a brew pub for five years in Colorado. I mean, in Denver, uh, oh my God, Chicago. And then when I moved to Colorado, um, I worked at another beer bar, which hers was not a brew pub. Hers was a beer bar. And I worked at like one of the better or a very, very, very well-respected beer bar here in Denver for, I don't know, three years, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you meet a lot of people. And she, as the manager and as the like proprietor, the it, right. as the face of it, she, I mean, she wasn't the like business she face. Like up, she could have like picked up the phone and gotten a new job, I feel like. Well, yes. She also could have fought what happened. Like in oh, no yeah. way, shape or form are people yeah. married for as long as they are. Is she allowed yeah, to like lose a hundred percent? Yes. Yes. Is she allowed yeah, to lose to say, like alimony only, but like she ran the bar and like she's an employee and like she could have sued for wrongful termination at the very least. She could have done something. Yes. There was so much. I mean, and she had so many people, I think that would have had her back, mm-hmm. like just knowing this industry. Now it's also sometimes, you know, yeah, he probably knows some people that would have lied for him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe she just didn't want to do it, but like, yeah. 
I would have to have it happen the way that it happened in this book. Like to me, she lost, she went down to like one point, like she started at three just because I give everybody that like, right. And she went immediately down to one. Cause I was like, you just rolled over after. Yeah. So that was my whole problem with the front. I think had, had we stepped in with her like on the plane on her way to Denver. Yes. Or like her, her mom and her best friend from, Ken- mm-hmm. I think it's Kentucky, um, you know, or maybe, t- I don't know. It's one of those two, but basically like barging into her apartment being mm-hmm. like enough, we're done. Mm-hmm. Like we, and then they could have been like, we know he screwed you over. We know mm-hmm. that like, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could have started at the scene, which is the scene where they sh- come in and they're like, okay, yeah. we're done here. Like we could have just started right there. Yeah. And then yeah, in I, some ways you give enough exposition about what happened that you understand yeah. that she got screwed over that yeah. like, but you don't have to spend a couple chapters. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it. No, I, I totally agree with you because uh, first of all, I like, I was trying to remember while I was reading, like, have I read a book where they're married in the book? before they break up and then in a, in a romance novel. And I, I can, the only ones I can remember are ones where like the, it's like some, like, you know, something terrible is happening, which I guess it did. Like he did cheat on her and like steal her business. But like, those are the only ones I can think of, but I don't feel like it added to the story. I think it slowed the beginning down because really you want to start with like the action of her going to Denver and going to this beer convention. And I think like to your point of like a quick exposition dump from her mom or her friend could have like cleared that up or, and you also like when she was at the, when she gets to the beer convention, you know, people are kind of like whispering about her. So you, you would hear like little snippets of what happened. And I think that would have been enough to know like, oh, he totally screwed her over. He was an asshole. She sort of lost herself in, in like not demanding her place, et cetera. And now is trying to like rebuild. Like, I feel like that would have given me a clear sort of baseline for where we're at. Um, I also at the beginning didn't like, and in generally don't like this when the main character talks about their own weight. Yes. Um, she well, and it, was it thr- started with her. Like, look, I, I tell people, never look in the mirror because you're never going to look good and you're never going to do this. But of course, I'm not listening to my own advice. So I'm looking at the mirror and hating on myself. And I, I was know. like, why do I care about you as a person? And why do yeah. I want to read your book? You just yeah. made me not want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then I, and then I thought, like, oh, okay, maybe like, okay, again, clearly we're at her low point. Maybe that's going to evolve. And then later in the book, she's going to like look in the mirror and be like, hey, I didn't lose any weight. I didn't dramatically change anything about myself, but now I look in the mirror and I'm happy with what I see. Cause I see that I'm like strong and I have gumption or I've like, you know, bounced back or whatever. And that didn't really ever like that button didn't even happen. It didn't really happen for me at the end. Um, she definitely got like more confident in herself and like, you know, started like taking more pride in her appearance and, you know, dressing better and like feeling better about herself in that way. But like at one point she made some comment about, Oh, like I was sick or something. And I went down to pant size. Like, I guess that's a good way to, and I was like, but you don't look better. You don't necessarily look, look better just because you're skinnier. It should be more about how you feel. Anyway. So that is definitely something, if that is something that you don't like as a reader, it happens quite a bit in this book. Um, 
which was just like not my favorite thing. Okay, so I and I thought based on the cover that this book would be a little bit more light than it was because it really did cover some like serious topics. Obviously, like again, we've already covered the cheating, the blah blah blah, but also like her best friend that she meets is anorexic. And she makes a lot of comments at the beginning, like, I don't think I've ever seen her eat, which I lived with someone who was anorexic. And, like, I remember having the same thought, like, first of all, holy shit, like, I had never met someone who was that thin before in my life. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, you just, you're like, how are you alive and walking around? But also you're like, did I see them eat anything today? And so, like, I didn't mind so much when she was talking about weight in that sense, because it was more out of, like, concern and, like, hey, I've noticed, like, we've hung out for 24 hours and she has taken zero bites of food today. And it ended up being a big problem and she had to go, you know, into, like, emergency, you know, lockdown rehab. But again, like, my main problem with this book is that Upon doing my ratings at the end, I was like, I don't really know who he is. Like, that's my main problem is that, like, there was no dual POV, which is fine. I don't mind it when there isn't, as long as she spends enough, the main MC spends enough time with the other one so that you know who they are. And I really didn't feel like he was in the book enough. Like, it really is. It really is her book. And almost her book with her best friend. Yeah, exactly. It totally. I felt like this is more of like a friendship book and with yeah. a sideline of like, like a oh, wait, book. shoot, we're, we build this as a romance. Therefore, we still have to have romance. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause it really, like, it was all about our, like a lot of the book was about her and her best friend from home and their relationship and then her and her new best friend mm-hmm. um, and how she like, and I, I thought there were some great points in the friendship, how she refused, like the girl was like, don't tell, don't tell the guy I've been like on and off seeing. And so she refused to tell him anything. Wouldn't even tell her boyfriend because she, they were brothers and she was like, I know he'll tell him. And so I'm going to lie to him for her because, and I thought that was great because I think, you know, like you have to, especially when someone is sick like that and needs help, like you have to really like be there. And I thought, I thought she did a good job of, of writing. Like, I really liked her character at that point of the book. I was like, okay, this is a person I would want to be my friend. Like, I would want her to come for me. I would want her to stand up for me. I would want her to like not take shit. Cause he's like, and she's like, yeah, cool. But I don't regret it. That's exactly what I should have done. Um, and, but yeah, I I feel like this book was less of a romance than I was wanting and more of a book about her personal journey from like this crisis into a place where she feels good about her life and has like owned her power and owned all her expertise in the industry. Okay. Let's talk about the beer industry. Anne. tell us, tell us about how you felt like when she was describing working in the restaurant and working and like going, I think you went to one of those conventions like, do you feel like that stuff all rings sort of true to you? Like the way that they were like trying beers everywhere and like debating the ones that they thought were the best and everything. Oh my God. The beer world's crazy. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think this woman obviously Liz, and I think it said something about her maybe owning a bar or restaurant or having worked in the industry and kind of her bio, but mm-hmm. obviously knows probably has been to the GABF uh, convention probably has great American beer fest for those of you who didn't understand that acronym. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not, do you, okay. Can I just say, just learned that that is not actually an acronym. That is an initialism. Mm-hmm. So an initialism is like that. You take the first initials of each word and mm-hmm. you say the initials, right? Mm-hmm. An acronym is something like NASA where it becomes a word, but they still are like the, what is it? The national atmospheric and some scientific something. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. I don't even know what NASA stands for. I just know it means like space. Right. Um, and but, but NASA has become a word and that's an acronym. So most of the time when people talk about acronyms, we're actually talking about initialisms. I did yeah. not know that guys today. Your result this is why you got to hang out with your big sisters. Tell me things. <laughs> yeah. We just, we just learned that in, in at work the other day. Um, nice. cause my work overuses initialism. So where was I going with this? Oh, uh, yeah. GABF. So obviously has been to that has definitely tasted it probably has, you know, I mean, when she talks about being like a you know, potentially going back to, she's already got her Cicerone, um, which is like a, a master beer taster sort of and judger, um, and maybe going back to go get your, the, the wine. Sommelier. Yeah. Sommelier. And which is a little bit of an overachiever on my, yeah, uh, my yeah, ideal. Yeah. And that James, the, the, male lead has gone and become a master brewer in, in Germany, which takes like three years and an inter, you know, mm-hmm. internship and then like multiple classwork and things like that. So, um, yeah, I felt, I felt pretty much, did I also sometimes think like there was just like way too much industry speak in this? Too much. Wait. Yeah. Like, I feel like I enjoyed it because I knew we were going to talk about it. And so then it made me very nostalgic for our rev days. Yeah. I enjoyed it because I was like, oh, like, I remember the first time someone gave me an IPA and I was like, this shit sucks. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I remember all the beer stops being like, this is the best beer in the whole world. It got a gold medal. And I was like, nah, I don't give a fuck. It tastes terrible. So like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, and like what she was talking about, all the brewers were plaid and have tattoos and have beards. And, like, and they've 100%. So true. <laughs> well, usually that you know the the plaid is like when they're out in public when they're brewing. Most of them are in like gross cotton t shirts that are like soaked because they're brewing in these like sweaty right. non air conditioned. Yeah. You know, but they all have like beards and just yeah. oh yeah, just yeah, good. yeah, for sure. And how she was talking about how like the the manager at her restaurant like knew all the gossip about like who's like sleeping with who at the restaurant and all this stuff and I was like oh my god that's so true like you used to talk all the time about how all your co-workers are just like so incestuous and just like there's so much drama all the time so and much drama. Like, I'm not about that life I feel so like I made out with more people at your restaurant than you did <laughs> you did for sure actually I only made out with one though it's just multiple times just multiple times <laughs> Okay. Holiday parties. <laughs> I think did I have you beat? I think I I don't know. I only might have made out with one. I wanted to make out with that other dude, the young one, but you were like, no, he's disgusting. Don't make out with him. He had like the long hair. Like he was so cute. He worked in the kitchen. Um, he was pretty young. He was like my age. Like he was like 20. He was probably like, I don't know, 23 at the time or so. See the drug dealer? I don't know. Probably. What was his name? His first name. like nine years he reminded me of like a young christian slater yeah yeah Yeah. i was like he's the drug dealer he was one one of the drug dealers 
you're like, don't do it. And I was like, okay, fine, I won't. <laughs> yeah, people, if you haven't worked in a restaurant, especially like not an upper scale restaurant, there's at least a drug dealer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, now, it's good. Now, marijuana, you know, pot is legal in a lot of states. Mm-hmm. And so many of them no longer have to be because right. that's, you know, most of them were mostly selling that. True. Uh, uh, but still, it was still illegal at the time. Yeah. So um, even if it's legal now. But, uh, oh, man. Yes, there were always, always, always people sleeping with other people. It makes sense. I mean, first of all, everyone's like working hard, hanging out together. You're bored. So you're like flirting at work because you're bored. And then you get like a free beer every night after you close and one beer probably turns into a few beers. And then you go, where are we all going? And then it's like, because it's hard to like wind down after serving for a long time. Yeah, unless you're me. Unless you're you and you like go home, read a book for 10 minutes and you fall asleep. But for most people, it's like hard to wind down after all the like activity. Well, it also just, I mean, the people that go into that kind of industry tend to also be people who, you know, don't work a traditional job for a lot of different reasons. Like either they have, you know, ADHD or they have, you know, whatever it is that's going anxiety or, you know, the amount of self-medication that happens in the restaurant industry is crazy. In this book too, like these people drank a lot in this book, which actually I thought was pretty realistic because when you go to these conventions and stuff, it's like the whole point of you going there is that you're trying a million beers from a million different breweries and like making connections and stuff. And so it actually made sense to me. Um, I thought it was funny that she was like, I don't want to hang out with these people. I just want to drink a cold PBR, like sit on a dive bar stool. I mean, not that PBR. Well, actually, no, that's realistic too. But also the fact that they were switching to cocktails and switching to this. I mean, when I would serve people after they had gone to one of those, they're like, do not hand me beer. Yeah. I want anything other than beer right now. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're still drinking, even though you've been drinking for eight hours. Okay. We'll keep. Yep. Okay. 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 Well, at that point, I feel like I was actually, okay. So they get really drunk before the funeral mm-hmm. and she's also really, they're really hung over at the wake yep, uh, or the memorial service or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about, she's like, oh yeah, there's the stages of drunk. And I honestly thought she was just going to be like, you know what? I can't go through those stages. Give me another cocktail. Like I thought that's where that's going. Oh. I thought it was super weird. She didn't start drinking again. Cause like, if you don't have time to go through the recovery, the best thing you could do at that time is to just inject a little alcohol in the system to ride that shit out. That is why orange juice and beer or orange juice and like that. That's why bloody Marys exist. And like, you know, make any sense that she didn't care of the dog, man. Mm -hmm. Um, I did. So speaking of that, uh, scene, that was one of the things that I didn't like about that scene was again, that kind of, she was really, I don't, I don't even want to say self-conscious. She was just like, did not like herself for a lot of this book, super insecure during a lot of this book. And, you know, he hugs his ex-wife, not necessarily because he cares about her, but because it's like a funeral. It's like you hug everyone. Yeah. And definitely look, took one look at the mom who is rich and like from old money at this country club and took one look at the ex-wife who was from a wealthy family and was like, I don't belong here. I'm out. And he was like, whoa, no, I want you to stay. And she was like, I don't belong here. And he was like, but what about me? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, 
you know, um, I'm sure listeners, you've heard Shawnee talk about one of her, her biggest things that she dislikes in, in movies. is like when people don't talk, I mean, not yeah. movies, uh, in books. And I felt like this was a perfect example of that, of like, I actually didn't, really I actually anything. didn't feel like they were a good match no. because there were multiple times throughout the book where she was like, Oh, this is kind of a red flag for me. And I was like, cool, go with that. Like, if it's a red flag, like, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're a romance novel heroine. Like, you you can have small red flags, but if they're big red flags for you, like, oh, I don't think I'll ever fit into this country club thing. I don't think this will ever work. Like, that's a rough red flag. And, like, his mom does come to her later and, like, and sort of invites her into a sort of family secret, though. So I, thought it, because, I don't think it would ever would have happened. Knowing some rich people in my life, like there's no fucking way a waspy old lady would talk to a what she would consider like lower class lady who was like hungover. <laughs> like there's there's just no way she would have done it. Even if I mean, like there's always the like Christmas movie, like oh, but I see, I finally see that my son is sad without her, sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't find it super believable. And it also took the, it also took the like agency out of her hands to like make the choice and, and was like, oh, this lady's telling me I should, so I should do it. Um, Which I was like, them to have. I thought she had really, again, like to your point about it being about friendship, I thought she had really good agency in her friendship, Mm -hmm. friendships, multiple. And even like leaving her job. Her career. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like deciding to tell him, like scream at him, even from them, like, I'm going to divorce you. Fuck you. And then going, like taking the job, moving herself across the country, deciding she was going to be the best at that job, like working her ass off and then realizing like, oh, like, I don't want to work for these people. Like they're pieces of shit. I'm going to quit. And like, I'm going to go demand what I, you know, what I'm worth with these other people. Like I thought great with, with her relationship with him. The only time I'm trying to think, I was going to say the only time, but now I'm like, no, that didn't, that time didn't even make sense. That wasn't even her, her choice really. I was going to say the only time is when she, when he called her and she was like, should I come? And he was like, yeah, I want you to. But then she was like, going to not go. She had talked herself out of it. And Sloan was like, I need you to come with me right now. Get in the car. Yeah. I just like, I just felt like the, their relationship was like, one of the weakest points in the book mm-hmm. <laughs> of like, you know, it started, if, if out, it started out cute. Like yes, they're, me- they're, they're cute. Me- it was adorable. Like they locked eyes across the room and that was kind of it. And Drunkenly. then, yeah. And then ended up next to each other on the bar stools, mm-hmm. had like a real nice flirtatious thing, drank a mm-hmm. bunch of drinks. He, you know, took her home, gave her a kiss and was like, no, I'm not going to like get all up on you while you're hammered. I was like, that's good. Don't want them to do that. Yeah. I thought their meet cute was really good. And I was like, oh, this is gonna, but also like <laughs> the book is just like a little tricky. Cause it's like, what happened in Denver? And I'm like, nothing really happened in Denver. It all happened in Michigan. <laughs> Which yes. I, don't like. I was like, except oh, that they go back to Denver like, for the wedding at the end. That's true. They go back to Denver for like the next GABF. And right, but so true. yeah, the name of this did not make sense to me. Yeah. But and they had a good scene when they were going when he came and they did like the ride along to go sell his beer. Mm-hmm. I thought that they had some good moments, but even then she was like insecure that he was flirting with the bartender lady. 
and got mad at him, but had told him, Hey, I want to keep it professional. And like, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like, and then I was sad because it was obviously fade to black, which I was like, we've waited all this time for this to happen. And then you don't even let me see what she experiences on her first time having sex with someone other than her husband mm-hmm. in like decades or more. And you didn't even let me get to be like a part of that. And like, yeah. see what, does, what does he say to her? What does she say to him? Like, how does it all unfold? Um, which I was a little bit bummed about. I mean, I was a lot of it bummed about, obviously. You guys know me. Well, not because I don't, because mostly because like to your, I just like wasn't vibing with the books. I was like a great sex scene at the end of a slow burn can really save a slow burn. Yes. Yeah. No. And yeah, it, it, this, this book, if, if they're like awesome together and witty and this and the action's mm-hmm. moving and everything's happened, like you almost don't miss the sex. I mean, no, yes, not, it's great, but you don't sure. really miss it because like the, yep. the buildup between the characters mm-hmm. is so wonderful mm-hmm. that you're so invested in the story and what's going to mm-hmm. happen and blah, blah, blah. That like, it's not that, whereas if that stuff isn't mm-hmm. happening, you're like, yep. okay, sex, let's redeem it. Cause at least there's a reason mm-hmm. that we know exactly. like the sex is so awesome that it makes sense that they're forgiving some other stuff exactly. and they're willing to keep trying and yeah exactly yeah yeah because (laughs) I totally agree um I was just trying to think of like some good like fade to black authors who I like Carrie Watt Carrie uh, Winfrey writes a great book I think you would like her books they're just like so charming and it's kind of like when you watch a romantic comedy and your heart is just like in your throat and your cheeks hurt because you've been smiling for an hour and a half and you're just like squeeze they kissed in the rain and that was it but that was enough because like the tension was so good um yeah this book unfortunately was not that um and 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 I feel like her writing style has like the potential it was just like this book wasn't like very even for me so like the scene where they all got drunk the night before the funeral like I was like okay if the whole book had had this vibe I feel like like the four friends were together the two brothers and the two friends like they were, I mean, they were all just fucking plastered, but like having fun and dancing and flirting and kissing and throwing darts. And like that, like they had a couple moments like that, like the meet cute, that scene, but there was so much plot in between. First of all, like you said, so much beer talk. So, so, and there's so much exposition. Much. I mean, she just is like, well, and then maybe I can do this, but maybe I should do this, yeah. but maybe I should, oh, yeah. I don't know, but I'm not yeah. good enough to do this. And should I yeah. do this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Just we'll dialogue, just do like, something. Friends and let's like keep yes. 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 And and I wish all of that stuff had been replaced with her talking to him. Her talking to him. Because if you think about it, t- timing wise, like the, the way that this book goes. Yes. Right. The timing wise, the way this book goes is first couple chapters happen. Let's see. So GBF usually is early October. So we are going to assume that it's like July, maybe August, right? That her husband is doing all this shit, takes her. Although maybe actually. I would say it's like June, July. Yeah, June, July. She said it was like two months or something. Yeah. So, but then it's, no, it's two months after all of like finding out about the shit that he had done. So it probably took her a little bit to figure out everything and decide Mm. what was happening. Right. So yeah. Anyway, June, July time period couple months happened. She's just wallowing. Right. Um, GABF happens early October. She gets this job in Michigan. Is there for like a month? Yeah. Is not. Yeah. Does really great. 
is awesome. Wait, but she said, that's true. She does say it's October. Or I guess and then says, it's like immediately Christmas and they're like, and, and Sloan is. Well, yeah, because the entire book, basically the entire book. Happens between October and Christmas. Well, and I was going to say October and Thanksgiving. And then it fast forwards to Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like, like it fast forwards to the Christmas, right? No, I think you're right. October to Christmas. Yeah. So the whole book takes place over like two months. And then, and then they, and then they're just like, all of a sudden they are at the next GABF in October and all this stuff has happened. So we miss the entire development of their their relationship. relationship. Miss the romance that happens during that All of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and then they're, and they're getting engaged, right? Like, I mean, because they're in love, like and everything's perfect and fine, but we never get to see it during those couple months. Mm -hmm. There's so much drama with Sloan. There's there's so much, so much acceleration because of all the drama. So like in general romance novels, the, the timeline is typically very accelerated from the time that they meet to the time that they decide, oh, we're in love, we're going to stay together, et cetera. Whether that be a ring, whether that be a we're moving in together, or whether that be a whatever, a baby, or you know, et cetera. In this book, the same happens, but it's like acceleration is like, oh, like my dad died, so will you come to the funeral and like help out? Like, which was like, which funeral, even though we've gone on one date one in date. our life. Yeah. And we haven't even banged. Like we haven't even done anything. Like But I knew that I was in love with you. But I knew like, I was in love with you. We're just fine. It's a romance novel. Like I'll accept I'll accept that. Except for she didn't feel like except for I didn't get to feel that. Yeah. If that makes sense. So like you know me. I love a faded mate. I love a quick run. I love a love at first sight. But in those books, like you spend chapters in that first date and you know by the end of the date, like, oh my God, because you hear their internal monologues and they're both like, this is it. I'm worried. I'm scared about they might not love me back. I'm scared about whatever. They have their own hang up, but like they're very certain that that person is the person. And after her first date, she was very much like, he seems great, but I don't want to move too fast. Like it seems like blah, blah, blah. And I wish her internal monologue had been a little bit more like, oh my God, I didn't think I was ever going to meet someone again. And like, I am in love with him. Like I want him and I'm scared because then you when he fixes says, the whole, mom, this whole thing, tell me. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cause I actually felt, so I felt like Sloan hiring her mm-hmm. um, and her working that one month was like a completely useless part of the book. Yeah, I wish that even knowing that she disliked Michael, because at first sure. uh, she doesn't like him, right? It reminds even her knowing of that, mm-hmm. she is like, they need a marketing person. I, I think their beer used to be awesome and can be awesome. I yeah, can do this. I can. I'm. I can do the shit out of this job, right? Yeah. I had she yes because she's working day in day out because like that's like what we were talking about right like there's there's something to be said about developing a have lunch yes the friendship she keeps mm kind of pushing it off like dude why why does he just keep dropping by and oh it's kind of hot like working or she goes out to see the that she's at the brew pub like yes they're they're having mm -hmm. some drinks late at night they're like I agree I agree like it it totally fixes everything because it 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 gets her over the hump of, I just got out of a sure. messy ass divorce. Right. I like, I don't 
trust any of you, but then you get to become friends and you see his integrity as he's working and blah, blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. Like all of this. You realize happen. Michael isn't your makes, Michael's actually a good guy. Michael's actually a good guy. It actually makes sense that even though like it makes sense that her mom, that their mom then starts to realize that she's a critical part of turning this around and that sure. her son's different when he's around her versus the very first time she sees them. Like, yeah when they're all hung over, none of that makes like it. So anyway, that's, that's my, that fixes the entire book. If you skip that, that you have that six months. Yeah. Like skip the opening, start in Denver, skip, skip the, 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 um, this distributor and go right. Just like, so the book is only in Denver and only at their brewery. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent with you. hundred percent with you. I also don't know why, like that she had to, I, it felt like the trying to fit things in for Christmas, like to have everything be perfect by Christmas was a little mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also think that like the time you change the time constraint, right? Like it goes to like June, like, who cares? yeah, like, cause it, everything doesn't have to happen within yeah 10 weeks then. Right. right. It has, to, it can happen. It's like my whole thing with the kissing booth. If you guys like that movie, like I do, let me tell you the timeline of that movie does not make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) We had every right to be mad at her because she was (laughs) fucking around behind his back without telling him from October till May. Yeah. That's right. October till May, people. Watch the movie again and realize the depth of her deceit. (laughs) That is... I would have been fucking mad and given her the silent treatment too. It's not like it was like two weeks yeah. over to May or if two you, months. If you secret dated someone and from October to May and didn't tell me and it was my best friend, I would be so mad at you guys. Well, I remember when you, so like, I, I don't know if you've told the the story of how you and Leo met, but so all people, Bridget and her husband went on two dates um, in like April and mm-hmm. she thought that he didn't really like her, uh, mm-hmm. cause she's very touchy feeling and he's very respectful and he had only given her like a handshake and a like little back like tap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she friend zoned him mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and people, I kid you not when she called me up in October to be like, Oh my God. He told me that like, he thinks I'm amazing and he wants to date me and blah, blah. I'm like, who are we talking about? <laughs> Cause she had not mentioned to me his name a single time. And that's not true because the weekend before this happened, we were in, don't, if okay. you remember, no, we were you at would talk to mom about it, but I didn't no, know about it. We were staying in the hotel with us. We went up to Jake's wedding. Yeah. And that's when I was telling everyone about it. Which was like a week or two before he, because Ansu was like, "Who's this Leo guy you keep talking about?" And I was like, "Oh, it's my friend." Blah, blah, blah. Okay, she, well, fine. Okay, a single time. The week this is in six months of going out to like, and she goes, "Well, it was I mean, very friendly." And then it started to get more not friendly in like maybe a month before that. So you really, it was really only like a month of time where we were I'm like heavily flirting. Yeah, but he wasn't your friend. You didn't know him. I know all your friends. You always told me about your friends. That's true. You know, and you We're just didn't tell me about him. Anyway, so people, um, I can understand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that 
Except for that, I didn't hide it from you when he sent me that text message. I, texted I know you told me immediately. Reported it to you, and I was like, "Call me when you." What do I do? <laughs> I I still think Julie. Hi, Julie. I still think Julie's response was the best. He's trying to marry you. <laughs> she was all freaked out. This motherfucker wants to marry you, Bridget. And I was like, I know. <laughs> She's like, you better watch out. <laughs> I was dying laughing. That's hilarious. No, my response was you like him? And you're like, yeah. I was like, like be at best friend. She, I go, yeah. And I go, well then on your very first date, you better find out all your deal breakers <laughs> because if, if they're deal breakers, then you can't date. <laughs> like, mm, we did. Um, we did. And the rest is history. Mm. Um, I did not feel like that happened in this book. I didn't. Yeah. I just wish all that extra exposition was actually spent on them learning each other. Mm-hmm. Cause I, it kind of felt like for him, it was a love at first sight, but mm-hmm. for her, it was like, I have no better options uh, or like, but I not like really ever really like loved him either until the end when you're yeah. just like, you're just supposed to take her at her word for it. And she's like, if he asked, if he proposed to me today, I'd say yes. And then she's like, oh, I should just ask him. Yeah. And turns out he already has the ring and blah, blah, blah. And then like, you know, the other two are getting married, but they didn't even yeah. tell them that they're getting married because for some reason Super they can't wedding. keep the secret. I don't know. It Like other people got to know about it, but they didn't. It was very weird. Um, Yeah. Secret wedding. Who doesn't love a secret wedding? I think secret wedding's great. I do. Think I've never been to a secret wedding. I think it would be kind of cool if you just like showed up at a party. But how bad would you feel if you were like, yo, I don't want to go to that party. I'm fucking tired. And then you miss the wedding because you were just like, oh, like one of my kids got sick or the sitter can come. Because they find out who their true friends are, Bridget. I guess. I mean, sometimes it's not about being a true friend. Sometimes you just like have a migraine or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, And sometimes you're just going, I'm sick. <laughs> it, depends. it depends on the day. All right, you guys, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're just going to talk about our favorite stories from Revolution Brewing. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show can't be a patron you can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website thanks for the commission or you can leave a review for the show on apple podcasts screenshot your review send it to us on instagram and we'll send you some stickers now bridge let's get back to the ratings yes okay and i'll go first so one of my favorite stories is <laughs> one that you relay to me actually is I had come and I was, I think I was eating with our parents or something like that. And you guys all had like numbers for all the tables and all the people were talking about you. What was it? You had like a name for someone who had big boobs. Oh man. Like code name. What was the code name? I don't remember. It was like a code. They had like a code name for like all the, the guys, servers. The guys and had a code all name. All the servers and bartenders. Specifically had a code. to specifically two gentlemen. Yeah. But and they said it enough that everyone else knew what they were talking about. Right. Oh, man, what so they're they going say? around and they're like, I don't remember. I thought it was hysterical at the time, but they're going around and they're telling everyone like, oh my God. Cause it would like go and tell all the other people who are attracted to women, like, hey, check out table number, whatever. There's big boobs over there. And so Anne finally like hears us through the grapevine. And it's like, that's my sister. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. That was, that was that was James and um uh James spoiler alert and I made Carl. it multiple parties <laughs> and Carl 
no, what's his name? Anyway, they're they're always on the lookout. Mm-hmm. If you're into boobs, you're into boobs. Oh my god! So most ridiculous thing that ever happened to me at work mm-hmm. was Sunday afternoon. Ironically, you and mom were there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Sunday afternoon. My mom and my sister come in, and the way that kind of the brewery worked is um, the there were some windows along the very front of the um the restaurant and one of them was kind of like tucked away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really nice place. Like if you came in so you could have a conversation, you weren't, it wasn't quite as loud. So my mom and my sister would often sit there. Mm-hmm. And it's where you would like drink your beer and wait for your table to be ready also. Right. Yeah. So you could be waiting there when it, it wasn't that busy on this Sunday. It was, mm-hmm. I guess it was a little bit, but not crazy. Um, so they're, they're hanging out there. This group of three guys comes in. I would say that they were probably in their 40s and I was in my 20s at the time and they were shwasted. Uh, <laughs> and it's like 4:30 on a Sunday. And so I and and you know what they're not like drunk drunk but they're on something. Mm. And uh so I sit them at a tape, you know, they're, they're sitting at my table. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but my mom and my sister cannot see them. One of the guys like immediately goes to the restroom. His friends come back. They, I think order around. I go away to go get their drinks, come back. This other guy's there. And he just looks up to me and he goes, I think you're my perfect woman. And I was like, what? And he goes, you bring me beer and you've got big boobs. And I was so stunned because at night, mm-hmm. you can prepare yourself for this. Like Friday, sure. Saturday evenings, yeah, like I can be shining re- through the windows. You're I can be ready on a Friday and Saturday evening with a snappy comeback and sure. basically just telling them to like get their shit together or I'm kicking them out. Mm-hmm. Didn't he offer you like? Oh, yeah. So wait. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so stunned. I just look at his friends and I just walk away. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. like, I just don't even say anything. Mm-hmm. Just walk away. And I go, and then I was like, okay, how am I going to approach this? So they're so ridiculous. They each order their own burger and our burgers are half pound patties. So not small. Mm-hmm. So and they each order Farm their burger own recipe. Pizza. And the, <laughs> I know. And they each order their own pizzas. Oh and their God. pizzas rarely can someone eat the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I was like, oh my God, these guys. And he's like, no, I'm serious. If I paid you $5,000, would you come home with me tonight? And I looked at his friends and I was like, is this dude for real? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not going to lose my job for you. And then I come back and he's like, what about 7,000? <laughs> and then I, I was like, meanwhile, I go into the back of the restaurant. I was like, dude, this guy just offered me $7,000 to go home with him. And they're like, are you going to take him up on it? And I was like, he seems like a total fucking douche. Um, no. <laughs> like, and dear listeners, I wonder if you can guess what my advice was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so anyway, it gets up to $10,000. And I said to him, you know what? I get off at midnight tonight. If you send a car and you have $10,000, I'll go home. Knowing that this dude is so fucked up, there's no fucking way it's going to happen, but at least he'll shut up about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I go to my mom and my sister right now are just getting ready to leave. And I was like, oh my God, these guys, this guy just offered me money. And my mom goes, that's a lot of money. You have a lot of student debt. You might want to <laughs> consider it. <laughs> like, so 
There's my mom telling me to become a prostitute for the evening. I mean, I have said numerous times, as you know, that I think I would make an excellent high class call girl (laughs) because I'm fun to be around. I don't think I'm classy enough. Good companion. At I guess I could be classy I enough. Think I think you could be. Well, you have a lot of opinions and have a hard time choking down your opinions. Whereas I, I can be a little bit more like Dad, where I can like laissez-faire, drop a few snarky comments here and there, but everyone's still laughing, thinking it's a fun time. Like, yeah, I'm mostly like, you just sound like a douche. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he he did make a comment about pretty pretty woman. He said it'll be like pretty woman, and I just said to him, "But you're not Richard Gere, and I'm not Ooh. a prostitute." Yeah. Like. Like, and I just kept thinking, I was like, you know what, this guy, he wasn't bad looking. He wasn't great looking, but he was just like a normal dude. Right. Like didn't, you know, like there's nothing wrong with him. I'm like, if he hadn't been like, I was like, no wonder he has to resort to prostitute. Like, because he's a fucking jerk. Had he just been super witty and wonderful. Had he just treated you like a human being and made you feel special. You probably would have gone home with him for free. Yeah. I would have bet he could have, you know, I, he could have been like, I'm leaving. I, can I have your number? I would like to pick you up when you are done with your shift tonight mm-hmm. and, and take you on a shopping spree tomorrow. And I would have been like, that sounds like a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could okay. spend $1,000 at REI today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm it was going me. Going about a candy trip later. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it would have been the shopping spree he thought he was taking me on. <laughs> he could have worn a duck hunter costume man and then oh my god he would have been anyway there. so that was one of the ridiculous things that happened oh one thing i wanted her to mention when they were in denver and they were all drinking at the thing is i wanted her to mention the altitude which she didn't because do you remember no. when I went to visit you and we went on the like we went to a couple of breweries and i was drunk after like the first flight of like two ounce there was like four two ounce pours, and I was like, I stood up to pee, and I was like, Why do I feel drunk already? It's like, I haven't even had a whole beer yet. You're like, Oh, it's the altitude. You probably should drink some water too. And I had like, I think I had the equivalent of like maybe four beers that day, and I was like, Oh, I'm drunk today. Like, I mean, and it was over the course of like, I don't know, we hours, a couple yeah. hours. But I was like, Oh, it's all day. It's for sure. GABF is like a. Everyone who lives in Denver at that time knows, like, you just see so many drunk people wearing lots of pretzels and on a necklace <laughs> around their neck and, like, barely able to, to stand because yeah. they get a tasting and there's, like, thousands of beers for them to try over the sure. course of it. And, and they like all go for alcohol. 15%. They all go for the really high alcohol ones and they should mm. know better. Should know better. Um, but they don't. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a shit show. It is a shit show. Oh my God. Do you know one of my shit show moments at Revolution was was when the brewery opened. So they so they started with brewing in the actual restaurant and then eventually they opened up their own like tap room and they had this huge Oktoberfest party. And with your ticket entry, which was like $25, you got a one liter glass stein that was really fucking heavy. And then you got like drink tickets inside. And because I'm Ann's sister and literally everyone, me and Ann look enough alike that everyone knew we were siblings. And I went there all the time. So all the people who worked there knew who I was. So they'd be like, Ann's sister. Like no one ever knew my name or called me my name. They'd just be like, Ann's sister. Like only like James and a couple other people knew my name. Everyone else would just be like, oh my God, it's Ann's sister. So like people were dropping me drink tickets. Like it was, oh here, have a few extra tickets. Give a few extra tickets. I had so much beer. Like 
I could not give. You had to your water I, weight with beer weight. Well, Dad came with me. I know. Liz and Greg were there. Weaver was there. My other friends were there. We were, I mean, lit all the way up. Like Dad was hammered. I was like, Dad, I hope you didn't drive here. You better take a taxi home. <laughs> Dad was drunk. I was drunk. And it started at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So by like six everyone in the entire place was hammered because also like revolution has like you said the five percents where you can drink them but they also have like 14 percent was that like nitro one or whatever or 12 percent or something it was They're really imperial. yeah they probably weren't doing that at Oktoberfest, but they were doing one that was really dark and very high alcohol content yeah it's probably and, 11 but then also like you didn't want to fill your whole stein up at the same time because then the beer got warm so you could only do like anyways it was like it was crazy like i was I mean, it had to have been like top 10 drunkest days of my life days because I was, <laughs> I went home at like 8 p.m. or 7.30. I was like, guys, like I've reached, I've reached the end of my road, my friends. <laughs> like we better go get some fried food and we better go quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next morning I woke up and my entire hand was black because the, the glass had been sitting on my bone because I had like my hand through it. And so my whole hand was black from how heavy the glass, because I just like never put it down the entire time, I guess. And because I was drinking all day and just. That's why in Germany they have tables for you. They had tables. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. There probably weren't enough for. We were sitting at a picnic table for quite some time, but I was flitting around and chatting and flirting. I I was just tossing my hair like a sassy little biatch. Yeah. All this to say, people, all the drinking in this book was completely valid. Yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. I was definitely really drunk at your Christmas party, too. Well, do you remember that after the Christmas party when I threw up like yeah, <laughs> outside the car on something? Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. And I was like, and I'm done. I, I actually, <laughs> that was, I think, one of the last. I don't really take shots since then. Oh, really? I I mean, I, I just don't, I don't really remember. Take sh- who are we taking shots with? What were we taking shots of? Who knows? It was probably whiskey. Might have been tequila. Yeah, everyone got like a plus one. They had this cool room and they had food and they had like, obviously like just like basically unlimited drinking. So everyone was just like. And I remember I was eating a square of chocolate and then James just started making out with me. And I was like. <laughs> I am eating chocolate right now. I'm not prepared for this. And everyone was like, what is happening? Are they together? <laughs> you were like, no. <laughs> and then remember at the Halloween party, I was eating a piece of bread under the mistletoe. <laughs> was it mistletoe? Was that a Christmas mm-hmm. party? It was a Christmas yeah, party. Yeah, it, it was the ugly sweater party. Yeah. And then he started kissing me because I was trying to get him to kiss you because I thought it would be funny. <laughs> he wouldn't kiss you. And then he started kissing me, but I was literally eating him for us. And like I was like, why do you always want to kiss my sister when she's eating food? You fatty. I was yeah, for real. It was so funny. Yeah, we had we had good times. You know what I also liked about it is I got to like live vicariously through you. You know what I mean? I got my discount, which I enjoyed. Got to eat my wings all the time. I got to have my farm burger. I still miss that farm burger. Me and Joe went one time. And we had, we split a farm burger and the wings as, as was our huge. Mm-hmm. We had, I don't know why, but it was like one of the days where usually you guys got so busy. So we didn't stay that long. Like when we went to visit you or we planned to go like later so you could get off at the same time. Mm-hmm. For some reason we were there and like 
there weren't that many people. So we didn't feel like, oh, we should get up soon. And I remember we had like, I mean, it was only like three beers each, but I think we were drinking like the triple or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember like, I, I think maybe I had like come home from somewhere. Like I'd been out of town. I don't remember. I just remember me and Joe got lit up, even though we were eating the farm burger and ate wings. We were both like, I was like, yo, I was like, I don't even know if we should get a drink at the bar, but probably we should. (laughs) (laughs) Probably we should, obviously. Maybe. Oh, good times. Good times in Chicago, man. We did. I know. Like, oh, by the way, Bianca came in town. Hi, Bianca, if you're listening. And we went to um, the Girl in the Goat Diner. It Ooh, it's good. so, oh, it wasn't as it good was as last time as we went? Good. No, mm. I was very disappointed because the first time we went was incredible. Mm. And she was like, oh, do you want to go over to like the Fulton area? And I was like, yeah, I haven't been there in years. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously like incredibly bougie now and like very hip and cool and expensive. Um, I was like, the only place I've eaten over there is is the girl in the goat diner. Yeah, we ate there. with her like right when she had come back from Brazil. Uh-huh. And so we decided to go there and the food was really disappointing. First of all, I ordered a hot chocolate. Everyone else was drinking coffee. And I asked the server point blank. I was like, is your hot chocolate good? I'm talking like, is it good? Good. Okay. Cause this is girl in the go and I'm expecting a good. Oh, I'm it sure. Would... It was just a ripped open packet that they put in no. the hot water. Apparently they make it with like their own house-made chocolate syrup, but it was so milky. It was like, cause they have their, their coffee shop bakery attached to it. Oh. So they, I'm sure they did custom make it, but it was like a very, if if it had been coffee, it would have been a very milky latte, basically. Like there was like no chocolate in it. It was very hmm. disappointing. Hmm. Um, it's too bad. Um, but it was, it was fun to walk around that area. I was like, Ooh, I feel so hip. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I tried to go to revolution and it was closed because it was closed on a Monday. Was it ever closed when you were working? I don't remember it ever being closed, but maybe that's because uh, the tap room always was the brewery, like the, the, restaurant. the restaurant was never closed. Yeah. It was closed like Mondays and Tuesdays or something. Yeah. They, they changed their, I was like, with COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Okay. Cause man, that place was always busy. Yeah. On like a two hour wait every night. Every or like night. a four hour wait. And that weekends. was like my favorite thing about knowing you is because they would always give me a table so much faster and all these people would be waiting for so long. And I'd be like, I've been here like 45 minutes. Like, it's cool. You guys can keep waiting. <laughs> you know. And one yeah. time I went and there's, there were like some new people at the front and they were like, oh, and I was like, oh, hi, I'm, you know, how's it going? And they're like, oh, what's your name? And I was like, oh, I'm Bridget. And I was like, is no one here that I know? I was like, what's happening? And then I was like, she's like, oh, who are you? And I was like, I'm Ann's sister. And she's like, who? And I was like, Ann's sister, who are you? Who are you, ma'am? I was like, and then I saw someone I knew. And they're like, oh, my God, Ann's sister. And then they're like, Ann Glogley's sister. And they're like, put her at the top of the queue. And I was like, that's right, bitch. <laughs> I've been coming here long. Learn my face. Yeah. <laughs> I, sit at, I sit at this counter and eat wings after I coach soccer in my Adidas tracksuit at least once a week. <laughs> you know, it's true. Reading a, reading a novel. <laughs> oh, gee, you usually were. Oh, my God. Bridget, I, so many people used to make fun of Bridget. They'd be like, and your sister's here. She's reading another book. What is wrong with you two? <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're like, her book is so big. Like, <laughs> You never told me that. That's hilarious. Well, and then so when I moved to Denver and Bridget came to visit, 
I again worked at a restaurant and I was working. Um, we had like an upstairs uh, area. Actually, it wasn't you that came. I think you had come at one I point, but Bianca came. Bianca came too, our other sister. And <laughs> she had a giant, like, I mean, a two or three inch thick mm-hmm. book. She sits in the corner of like our upstairs bar, like mm-hmm. all, cause she was, she had like a layover in mm-hmm. Denver just for a couple hours, but I was working and they're like, and someone was like, who is that girl just reading in the corner? I was like, oh, it's my sister. And they're like, oh, of course. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think when I came to visit you, I was working. And so I had my laptop and like, I was, I was working. You might've been while you were, but yeah, either way, it is a common occurrence for my coworkers to, to know so that it is a sister of mine by <laughs> their reading aptitude. I mean, I, I would say I went at least once a week to sit at the bar, eat wings and read a book and drink a beer after. Soccer. Certainly, certainly the year that you were living down the street. That's what I'm saying. When I was living in Logan square. Yeah, for sure. I also love to eat by myself still. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. I love to go to restaurants. I almost went out the other day, but then I just got so tired and I took a nap instead. But, um, there's a diner near my house called Lucky Penny. It's excellent. And I go there and I bring my Kindle and I read books while I eat by myself. I enjoy doing that. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's delightful. Especially if the food is, especially if the food is really good. Because then you just sit there and you're just eating really good food. Reading a good book. In another world. You're not in the restaurant. You're in another world. You're in another planet. Yeah. You're, you're taken on a journey. Taken on a journey. Mm-hmm. Well, Anne, it has been so nice hanging out with you and chatting. Sorry that this book was not as good as the last one that I chose for us. Oh, it's all good. Do we need to do like ratings and favorite lines and yeah? Well, we could do and... a, we could do a final rating if you want to. I don't think we need. What are you thinking? I would say as a romance novel, a two because yes. there was not a lot of romance. I think it's like a book in general, a three. Yeah, like someone had just told me, "Hey, this is a book." I'd be like, "Oh." Uh, she had a good journey. She she kind of stood up for herself. She got some gumption. She made some friends. She, you know, fixed her career, so, you know, like embraced who she was. But as a romance novel, I would say too, because the romance wasn't there for me. I agree. And as a book, I would say only if someone told me, hey, this is kind of like a throwaway beach read, like, and then I'd be like, okay, that's a three. If they had said like this is a, a work of fiction, like a a modern contemporary, like I would have been like, "Fuck you! This book does not have the growth that I want." Um, but as yeah, like a no, beach, I'd say it's like a kind a of standard. A yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say fine. It works as a three. I also I don't necessarily like. Look, if you're looking for a good book, don't pick this one up. If you're just yeah. looking for a book to pass the time, like that, you want to just kind of yeah. have something easy, then great, go for it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. if you want to learn a little bit about beer and yeah. the restaurant industry, this, you will learn, you will this, learn. A it's, it's a pretty accurate rendition in many ways of what yeah, life sure. is like, um, uh, not necessarily, you know, yeah. there's, so I was actually thinking about calling you before this and being like, should we drink beers while we talk about this? And then um, I almost grabbed a beer. I went to a brewery and just bought like a really good <gasps> Oh yeah. my God. I spent way too much money at this brewery. So it's a small, a tiny one. We went there after our, our work does like a corporate stewardship event mm-hmm. and we had cleaned up this park. And so we were going afterwards to just get together, have some pizza, drink some beers. Mm-hmm. Super cute. Totally want to go back. 
beers were great. Loved it. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll just like get a couple to go. Right. Oh my God. I bought eight beers and it cost $50. And I was like, what? <laughs> like eight, eight, like can size beers or like yes. growlers? Or- no, four of one type of can and then four different bottles. Now the bottles were a little bit more specialty. But so the, the bottles are like cheap. What are the bottles like? Two, still, two beers each or three beers no, each? No, 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 no. They're not giant bottles. They're normal size bottles. What? They're just slightly more special. Bottles? Like one of them was aged. What in, is that? Six dollars each? I'm making things up. Six, 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 six. six times eight six would times be eight is 40. Oh, 48. Yeah. So a little bit. Six. Yeah. So six. But like that's expensive for, for to go beer. Yeah, for sure. Because like a six pack, if you get like. Normally, I would say it would be like maximum. It would be like $9. Yeah, I would say, like, I'm saying, like, for maximum for like real crafty beer would be like two bucks 12? each. 12? Yeah, two bucks, two, two bucks each. Yeah. This, no, it was like foot playing full price. <gasps> Whoa. And like I was like, yeah, I'm like, that is fuck? fucking bonkers. So I will never take their beer to go again, but I will go drink there. Because it's um, probably the same price to drink there. Yes. That's crazy. And that is not the point of to go beer. Now no. it is a tiny, it is a tiny place. Fine, whatever. No. I'd also like like want to look up whether or not their growlers are less expensive. Mm. But like if it if it's in bulk, if it if it's cheaper, yeah. I don't know. It didn't did seem I like tell it. You, to to wrap up our talk about beer, did I tell you that I made a friend in our neighborhood because we were at a neighborhood event and she was drinking a Re- revolution beer? No, and I was like, if you're drinking revolution, hello, how are you? My name is Bridget. <laughs> And she was like, Rose is my favorite. And I was like, me too. <laughs> so when we go, when I come back for Christmas, we will go to the tap room and we will go shopping. Yes, please. Because the brewer, the head brewer is still there. Oh, uh, Jim is still there and he will let me go shopping. Yay. And we'll just, we'll just get like a case or a couple cases um, I would love that. Of, of fun stuff. We will bring, we will bring, we will bring Leo and he will designate and drive us back to the suburbs. <laughs> I love this plan. (laughs) Delightful. (laughs) Okay. So my favorite review was from Jessie on Goodreads. And she goes, I think this book was more about beer than the romance story. Mm -hmm. The chemistry between Andy and James was adorable, but slow. It picked up Mm -hmm. a little bit more at the end. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I I was like, that's uh, fair. That's fair. I was like, and she gave it three. Um, I think that was generous, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I kind of feel like a jerk about sometimes about judging books. Cause I have never written one in my life, but I, I read voraciously You do read voraciously. And, and this was not in the top half of the books that I have read. No, I agree. I agree. Well, I appreciate you coming. Me too. Hanging out with me. I'll pick a better book for next time. Yeah. Shawnee, thanks for only reading audiobooks so that I get (laughs) to occasionally step in. (laughs) Actually, there's another book. So remember we read um, Heatstroke Mm -hmm. by Tessa Bailey. Tessa Mm -hmm. Bailey just wrote a book called Window Shopping. It's like 250 Mm -hmm. pages. Um, and it does not have an audiobook. And so I got to talk to Shani, but I was like, maybe Anne will just come back and talk about that with me again. Cause I love Tessa Bailey. Apparently it's very steamy. Um, she's the grump. He's the sunshine. It's about like Christmas. And I was like, 
That sounds like a goddamn delight. So okay. Can we talk about the fact that yesterday I was like, Instagram knows me so well. I got a post that said 68 days left to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. So you know that I firmly, I firmly don't believe in Christmas before or Halloween. You know no. this about me. Oh, and totally. you know that I, I pretty much think it should wait till after Halloween, after Thanksgiving as well. Yes. Um, however, this year I'm like, you know what? I might have to bend my role because I'm in the Midwest for the first time in nine years or 10, nine years, nine, nine falls. And also, so it's going to get chilly faster and it's dark as fuck out here. Like so early, <laughs> so dark. It's like at like six 30, I'm like, Woo, better go to bed soon. And I'm like, Oh, I have like four hours. I can get things I done. I like, can't get anything done. Cause my body's like, no sleep. It's so tiring. It's dark. <laughs> Go to bed, Bridget. Don't do it. Don't give in to the to-do list. Go to bed and read a book. So that's what I've been doing. Um, and, but also, also I just have had a really, I just feel like emotionally and mentally, I'm just like not on my A game. And I feel like I need the joy of very, very simple Christmas movies. And very, very simple Christmas book. Like, I don't want to be intellectually challenged at all. I want it to be fucking cookie cutter shit. Can I we... think I may I think I may lift the ban on pre-Thanksgiving Christmas this year for myself. I almost wonder whether or not we should do like a not obviously this is like romance at a glance, but like movies, maybe sure. the two of us, I don't know if Shawnee digs like Christmas movies or not, but not the way we, know, know, but. we can ask like Marta to come in and, or like, into that. and, into that. and we could do maybe four movies in an episode, but do then do like two or three episodes or three movies in an episode kind of where so we, right. Where we just do a couple, just like, you know, yes. we can pull everyone on which Christmas movies we should watch, which ones they want us to watch for them before they decide to commit. Yes. We can watch a few of our old favorites. Yes. We can watch a few new ones. Yes. We can, you know, debate the pros and cons of the casting, which is, I, as you know, believe is 90% of the movie. Oh my God. And in a holiday romance. It's poor like, casting. Poor casting ruins everything. And people will listen to really bad dialogue forever. Forever. If you give it, us good chemistry. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All we want is to fall in love at the same time. With their love. And if the person is too smarmy, I'm like, look at this. Should we do this? Yes. We do this? Okay. Yeah. Dear listeners, it's on. If you have recommendations, stop dropping that stuff in my DMs. Hit me up so that I know what Christmas movies you should watch. Yeah, let's do like, um, yeah, let's know. do like three episodes. Yeah, like three episodes like and do three maybe like three, yeah, Couple maybe weeks. like three movies in each or something like that. Or yeah, you know <gasps> so we're gonna watch like you know fifty movies. So yay! <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we. <laughs> yes, okay. we are. Maybe when you come, we'll like live stream, like watch a movie, and everyone can come watch a movie with us. Oh, that'd um, be great. All right. Well, thank you for coming. And until next time, may your books be your lover, everyone, and your hand your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.